Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50,000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks share a review afterward, and always keep it real. All right, and welcome everyone to this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and joining me today, folks, we have the president and founder of Save Energy Systems. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Paul Laskow. Paul, how are you doing today? Thank you. Kevin, hey, thank you very much. My pleasure being here. Of course, Paul, it's morning over here. So first question for you is actually not what you're doing today, but rather what happened last night. What's currently keeping you up at night, Paul? Yeah, so things that keep me up right now are really hiring the right people. We've had a hard time really finding good employees. Um, not sure what it is. And we've hired a number of really uh, installers for the company. And either they come in with a uh, bad work ethic, um, they don't respond um, really. And you know, I feel like we pay really well for the job. And it's just difficult getting people who are dedicated and knowledgeable and consistent to be able to provide the work that, and at the level that we're looking for. You know, it's interesting. I feel like everyone's kind of going through this right now. And of course, if, if you've been in the game long enough, you, you definitely kind of have maybe have a 30, 60, 90 day plan. Maybe you have a philosophy on how to bring in new people to an organization. What's been working for you uh, over your career, Paul, in terms of bringing someone in, getting them adapted, setting them up for success? Yeah, you know, and it's really funny. It depends on obviously the role that we're trying to do, as well as um you know, the type of experience we're looking for. And what I've found a lot of times is bringing in somebody with no experience is really good in order to train them the way we want. But in order to do that, we have to have 
the time window in order to uh, train them in order to the, until they become useful or productive within the environment. Otherwise, we're trying to look for people with experience and people just overstate their experience constantly. And we had a, we had a situation where we do installations, we run scissor lifts. I hired somebody who said, oh yeah, I've got extensive scissor lift experience. His first job out, he ran the lift into the wall at the customer site and caused about $600 worth of damage. Obviously to say, you know, very little, he didn't last very long. And, and talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, what, what is your philosophy on, on maybe a trial period? Um, are you kind of uh, hands-on all the time? Are you trying to manage them and make sure that they're meeting their goals? And, um, or are you giving them a little bit of grace period for some, some trials, some errors, things like that? Certainly we give them some trials and errors, you know. Um, and, but, you know, we really monitor people pretty closely, particularly for the first month or so on the job. But quite honestly, I have to tell you, um, you know, my philosophy is really hire slow, fire fast. And if somebody can't cut it and we can tell pretty quickly, they're gone. Hmm. I had a guy just last week came in, you know, his first week of work. Um, he didn't bring some uh, material that he was supposed to travel with. Then he showed up. He, he was sick one day. So, you know, claimed to be sick. He seemed to be fine in the afternoon. You know, I don't know whether he decided, and he was actually out on the road, so I don't know if he was traveling or decided to party a little bit too much or whatever, but couldn't make it to work in the morning. So, you know, basically, I just don't need people like that uh, working for the company. Yeah, I, I totally understand. And, and, you know, a question I'd have for you is, you know, you just mentioned hire slow, fire fast. What are some of the things, like, you look for in an employee? Are, are, are you... Do you have like a system that you've set up over time where like, hey, the first interview round, we're going to be asking more about the company, the values, why they're interested. Maybe the second round, maybe a little bit more technical skills. And then third round, maybe we're going to pressure them a little bit. Like what is your thought process on a, on a hiring pro on the, on the hiring yeah. side? Yeah, typically we'll go and go through two, not three rounds of interviews. Okay. Um, you know, and part of this, you know, the first one, we're looking at somebody's experience. Uh, we're looking at their um, telling them about the company. Basically, you know, it's a cross-sell, right? We're trying to sell them about the company. They're trying to sell us about them. About them. You know, the second interview, I really, you know, I always ask people for references. Um, and it's really funny. I have to say, almost half the time, people can't provide references. And if you can't provide a reference for somebody you've worked for in the past, you know, I just don't even want to talk to you anymore. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, what we try to do, and particularly with the references, as well as talk to the candidate a second time, is kind of figure out the conscientious style. Are they going to be there? Are they going to be able to produce? Are they, um, you know, are they customer service oriented? Uh, so that's where we kind of try and dig into the whole aspect of, you know, how are they going to work on the time? You know, really, the first interview, assuming that they tell us the truth, uh, kind of will We'll go through their technical skills. And the second interview is really how are they going to fit in the company and how are they going to you know, work with our customers? Mm, sure, sure. And that's a good way to kind of maybe filter out the candidates. Can you do the job? Are you a good fit for the culture? You know, let's, let's see if we can make this happen. Um, so, Paul, you know, we've been talking a lot about hiring practices, kind of what's keeping you up. But I'm sure people by now are kind of wondering, hey, what does this guy do? I mean, you've, you've built and grown successful organizations. 
Um, you know, tell me why, why, why now, why starting Save Energy Systems? Um, why, why jump right back into it? Yeah, so Save Energy Systems is the third company that I've started, um, and this one was kind of a, a real interesting one, and you know, always intended to be kind of the last company that I start. Part of it is I've always worked for myself. I've had, as I mentioned, two other startups before. In one of my previous startups, um, I had a company which was an electronic contract manufacturing firm, and the significant electric bills were driving me crazy. And we weren't in that much space, but our electric bills were running well over $10,000 a month. And this is you know, like 25 years ago. And so I was really looking for a solution as to how do I reduce electric bills, particularly for a small to medium-sized company. So I went out into the world and I started talking with people who did what are known as BMS systems or building management systems. And I told my problem and they said, oh yeah, no, we can probably address something like that. It'll cost you about $100,000. So I'm like, really? They said, yeah, that's kind of our starting point. And, you know, and oh, by the way, you know, we, we typically work with facilities that are 250,000 square feet. And I'm like, all right, well, we're about a 10th that size and uh, really don't want to spend $100,000 just on a BMS system. So what happened was I sold that company and I was really, that whole problem never kind of went away from me. I was doing consulting for a friend of mine. Mm. And so while I was doing that consulting, he had a similar type of situation. So I started architecting a solution. And so I'm not a coder. So I hired some programmers in order to implement my solution. We tested it out in his facility in Oklahoma and it worked. And so that was back in like 2009. And so in uh, 2011, actually I formed the company. Um, and 2012, we started actually producing the product. And what the product is, is that we do energy efficiency controls for small to medium-sized commercial facilities. And by doing that, we're able to help people reduce their energy spend anywhere between, you know, kind of on the low end, 10%, really on the high end, maybe as much as 30% of their total utility bill. And, and Paul, talk about some of the growth challenges that initially came your way. I mean, this is a tad bit different than the career you were in prior to that, but certainly I'm sure you carried over a lot of the entrepreneurial experience. What were some of the early challenges of getting this off the ground and um, getting some traction? Yeah, so, you know, really the biggest uh, challenge that we had is we had a solution that people didn't know that they had a problem. Mm -hmm. So it's really educating the customer base. What happens is people just feel that the utility bill is a given and they don't and can't have an impact on it or they don't know how to have an impact on it. And obviously this is going back 10, 15 years ago. That was really much more the case and people just got the utility bill and paid it, never challenged it, never thought about it. And they didn't even know that they could affect it. So it's really educating the customer base that's saying, look, here's what you can do. And every dollar that you save not spending on your utility bill literally drops to your bottom line. And so it's really a matter of educating the customers that this is a benefit to them. And so once we got kind of going over that and we started some traction, um, it really started to accumulate pretty rapidly. So what was the focus there? Was the focus, uh, you know, bring in some sales first, then, you know, get the product out? Or is the focus build a great product that works, then go after sales, or is it kind of a mix of both? And if it was a mix of both, how do you balance them? Yeah, no, it's really kind of get the product done first and be able to prove it and demo it. 
Uh, like I said, I really did the, my evaluation uh, in 2009, but didn't start the company until 2011. So for those two years, was really working on developing the product, working with the coders, testing it, getting, uh, getting feedback, doing a couple of beta sites, things like that. So it was really a matter of getting a good product that we could actually show customers and prove to them that it was gonna work. So that's what we did first. And then even for our first customers, what we offered originally, and actually we still offer, is for your first site, we'll actually install our product uh, for 90 days for you to evaluate. If you don't like it, we'll come in, we'll take it out and put back your old thermostats. Hmm. And you know, it was a no-lose proposition for somebody. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, and, and what's been working for you and maybe your sales team in terms of uh, educating that customer and getting them to get you guys to come out, you know, conduct this 90-day trial? Like what, what's been working for you in terms of uh, getting, the, getting the deals closed? Yeah, so again, this is not, and, and we did try this, this is not an internet sale, right? And we do have a website and the website is really more informative but we don't collect sales through our website. Our sales are really face-to-face. Uh, -face. So, uh, you know, even during the pandemic, it was really difficult for us. And we have salespeople who are out on the road. We were doing trade shows. We were actually want to meet with our customers. And so we're meeting with operations managers, sustainability managers, um, you know, uh, people under construction, VP of construction. Those are, are the decision makers at our customers. And these aren't the type of people who are just going to come in and you know buy something sight unseen. They really want to have a comfort with the company, with the product, um, with the team that they're dealing with. So you know the pandemic actually set us back a bit, uh, but we're actually really uh, active and really having um, great success this year, reconnecting with a lot of potential customers as well as uh, our existing customer base. Paul, let's, let's talk leadership for a little bit. Um, it seems like you're getting the company off the ground. You know, you've, you've hired, you've had to let go of you, uh, you know, a good amount of people. Like, how would you define your role as president and founder of the organization? If you had a pie chart and you had to say, hey, I spend most of my time here, here, and here, where would it be? So, you know, my role is really um, to create the vision um, for everybody else. Everyone needs to know where we're going and then to find the goals that we need to do to get there. And so the whole idea is to create the organization that everybody knows what their role is, how they have to cooperate together and what has to happen in order to make things successful for everybody. Because when we're successful, everybody's successful. And so, um, and we do have a profit sharing that we, everyone participates. You know, if you're, you're within the company and you're successful and we're successful, you're compensated for it. So that is part of it. And so the whole idea of my, my role is to create the vision, define the goals, and then actually make sure that everybody has the tools and the resources to accomplish what they set up to do and be able to do it working together. Let's talk about goal setting a little bit. How yep. do you like to think about goal setting and how has that changed over time? Yeah, so goal setting, you know, um, I used to be really much more specific, but now I'm actually more broad. And I want to give my people their, um, I want to give them a high level goal mm. and then they can break it down into the individual tasks and set their smaller individual task goals. Mm. I don't define the tasks for them. I want mm. them to achieve a certain thing. You know, my sales and marketing team, 
I want to achieve X number of new contacts in this amount of time. Um, you know, we have some KPIs that we want them to meet. So what is it that you're gonna do in order to get that? Review the marketing plan with me. I like it, go with it. You know, I may have some feedback. All right, you know, you can change it or not. It, you know, it's your goal, you do it. I'll tell you what I think, but you're the one who's gotta make it happen. Mm, okay. Okay. In, in terms of um, an incentive structure, if they hit their goals, uh, what's been working for you? Because it seems like um, you're empowering them to set their own goals. It's not necessarily a reach goal. It's more of a, an attainable goal, but really a goal that they have set for themselves. Um, are you rewarding them based on this goal? And if so, what's what's that incentive structure been like for you? Yeah. So I have to say, I typically don't necessarily do individual rewards on hitting the goal. And to mm -hmm. me, that's your job, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Your job is to to do and uh, achieve your goals, right? Um, but if somebody does an exceptional, uh, you know, a, an exceptional amount of work or uh, achieves an exceptional goal or really exceeds their goal, um, I'll make just, you know, a judgment call and, you know, provide them either with some sort of bonus. You know, I have, you know, for example, I have an installer that, uh, that works his butt off and he really is he's been with me over five years um you know he can put in 50 60 hours a week no problem well we had a job out in puerto rico that uh they needed to get done that he was going to go to so what i did was actually i paid for his uh, his wife to join him for a long weekend while he was out there so they enjoyed a four or five day vacation on the company um as a thank you for all the effort that he puts in mm -hmm. and and where has in all this growth, where have you been stumped? Where have you needed to get away, detach, make sure you're assessing the situation properly and, and you know, schedule the plan, set the vision and go from there? Like, where, where have you been stumped throughout this growth? You know, stumped, you know, uh, I guess a couple of different things there. Um, you know, obviously a big part of our, um, our, I think our growth and our, our frustration it's really been growing the customer base. Mm -hmm. And we have a few really good customers. Um, and it's a matter of attracting additional customers, making sure that uh, they know who we are, what we're doing, and how we can benefit them. You know, a lot of what we do is kind of a no-brainer. And we started out with, uh, you know, one of our largest customers is Planet Fitness. And I have to say, we had the VP of construction over there. Um, he was actually really good. He's retired at this point. But he said, you know, he told me at one point, I bought this system for the energy savings, but I, I keep the system and I keep installing it for the control that it provides me and the feedback. Mm. So he's been one of our biggest advocates. And I really, you know, credit him with a lot of our uh, inroads into Planet Fitness. But it's a matter of really getting champions like that who can help us penetrate throughout an organization. And those are the types of uh, companies that we look for. We're looking for companies with multiple facilities where we can come in and really have a large impact throughout the organization. And, and Paul, throughout, throughout this growth in you know, the, the acquisition of new customers, the trials, the, the errors, the, the faults, you know, what have you learned about yourself you know, throughout you know, the few years of, of, of growing this organization? Yeah, that's an interesting one. So I have to say I've changed somewhat uh, over the years, uh, particularly with this organization, in the sense that I've become more patient and I can't let things bother me. Mm. It's, you know, problems come up all the time. 
and there are daily issues, daily decisions to be made. So kind of three things. One, make a decision, go with what you think is right, but don't latch onto it to the fact that it's going to be a detriment. Mm -hmm. Be willing to, you know, if something's not working, make a change, right? The second thing is, don't get upset about this. It's going to, you're going to work through it. It may take a little longer. It may be frustrating, but everything has a solution. You will get there. And so then it's just a matter of really, you know, taking everything in stride and being able to, you know, work through it to the end. Hmm. And and with all of these, you know, demands, questions, uh, things that one has to deal with when they're at the helm, how how have you prioritized your time to make sure that you're prioritizing your goals and you know, also maintaining, you know, balance in your life? Or yeah. <laughs> So, you know, balance and life, that's an interesting one. First of all, I have an absolutely wonderful wife who has more patience with me than, you know, I can ever thank her for. Um, and as I think I've told you before, my day typically starts here at the office between 7.30, quarter of eight. And I usually don't get home till, you know, 5.30, six o'clock, best case. I'll exercise, work out for a little bit, have some dinner, and then go back and do some more work. Mm. So... Um, she's really patient with me. I try to spend time with her. So, you know, there, you know, when you have a small company and you're at the helm of a small company, um, it's what you do. It's not that it's a job. It's just what you do. Um, and so uh, I have to say, Kevin, from that perspective, you know, it's really, um, it's hard. You know, it's, you know, you are kind of all consumed by your company. Yeah, and it, it seems like it's what you want to do, too. It is what I want to do. I, I like doing it. As I said earlier, I've always worked for myself. Um, I just, I, I don't take direction particularly well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, this has been a very interesting conversation, Paul. Um, you know, in all of this, I just want to ask you one last question. It's a question we ask everyone on the show, and that is, what is your definition of a real leader? Yeah, and so Kevin, I think it goes back to what I said a little bit earlier. Uh, my definition of a real leader is somebody who has a vision and defined goals. You know, along with that, uh, a real leader needs to be able to motivate and inspire their team um, and everybody around them to believe in that vision and work towards those goals. You know, once that's done, then everyone's working together in sync and cooperation with one another uh, to achieve success for the entire organization. I love that. For Paul Osco, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, set a vision, have them set clear goals, and always, folks, keep it real. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, Real Leaders, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to realtors.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines courses, and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial 
right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.